I think it's going to be a good podcast, as always. <coughs> hello, 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 and welcome to episode 106 of the Super Weapon Podcast, the most overpowered podcast on the internet. It's your boy, Dish, the artist, and as always, I got my co-host, DC, here with me today. Bridge Builder Wall Destroyer is here, and I am ready to talk about these two topics. I'm always in a great mood when it's time to talk PlayStation. Oh man, and what what a what a what a day we have ahead of us, man. Um, been a pretty interesting week. Um, these and these these are things we probably could have talked about weeks ago, but we just, you know, we had a lot going on the last two episodes. By the way, guys. Speaking of the last two episodes, if you haven't gone back and listened to them, I highly encourage you, man. Check out our Halo uh, 1 and 2 episode breakdown. Full spoilers, by the way. Um, so if you haven't seen episode 1 and 2, I you know highly recommend you watch those episodes and then go back and listen to our thoughts on that. And also the episode the week before, we had Pink Cybot on talking about mental health and content creation in general. Um, you know, I always try to highlight recent episodes, but those two in particular, I felt are very, very, very important. And good, genuinely. Hey, what's up, Ant? How you doing, man? Thank you for stopping by, dude. Hello, hello. Um, but yeah, man, this week, so we're 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 kind of playing catch up a little bit, which is fine. You know, it, it just gives us more stuff to talk about. It just seems like, especially with game releases, it's been a bit more quiet on the news and just you know game release front. So things are kind of starting to slow down before we get into that summer rush, which I think is important to talk about because dun dun dun. E3 2022 was canceled. In-person and digital event has been canceled. My God, the world's on fire. E3's dead. E3's <laughs> dead. <laughs> mm, that's the word, right? That's the word, but not really, man. Um, so, yeah, a couple of weeks ago, the ESA, they came out and announced that they have canceled E3. And they canceled their plans for this year, but they're moving forward with next year. So the expectation, at least for me, is that we're going to get a 2023 in-person event. As we know, you know, the event last year was all digital, um, which was okay. You know, I don't, I, I, it's not, it definitely wasn't my favorite year. Um, but this, this actually kind of surprised me a little bit. I'm not going to lie, man. You know, I, I thought that the event was good enough to warrant them to continue to try to try to evolve E3 from what it what it currently is because i mean even before the pandemic and we kind of touched on this the last time we talked about e3 you know it seemed like it's been it's been kind of like on a downward trend you've had publishers developers pulling it out due to either costs or them just wanting to do their own thing i mean i, I don't think sony's been at e3 for like four or five years now um and a couple other places a couple other developers and stuff kind of pulled out too but you know what did you kind of think of this news was it shocking to you and you know, do you think this is the death of E3 like some are, are calling it? I don't think it's the death, right? Check this out, because if you go way back yonder, back we yonder. discussed. Yeah, yonder. I got to <laughs> shout out to my country folks. We got to um, look way back. Like, I don't remember what episode, but we had a in-depth discussion about E3 and its fate before. Mm -hmm. And we kind of predicted this, see? Why you guys need to listen, man. Gotta check them out. A real Nostradamus man. over here, man. <laughs> we we kind of predicted that this was going to happen, and um, I wouldn't say it's the death, but I would say it would be like the rebirth 
of E3. Mm. And what I mean by that is, I think PlayStation is like kind of out of here. Like all year we have these different showcases, these different whatever they want to, you know, each console respectively call their events. Mm -hmm. We're getting them so frequently now that I don't think it's really a purpose for E3 in that perspective. But I think what E3 is struggling to come up with is a way that they can still be around and still be relevant, whether if it turns into like a full-blown tech show with computers and things of that nature, I think it's going to be something like a rebirth of the brand. And I believe they're going to try to take it like to a different level, like beyond games, because right now the two biggest pieces to that puzzle, even three, because we, I mean, we got to throw Nintendo in there because they have their, what is theirs called? The Nintendo, usually they call them like directs, like Nintendo Direct. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have the Nintendo Direct doing their own thing. So you have the big three pretty much all year round, they're displaying their stuff. So it's not giving uh, E3 a lot to pull from, but if you look at the origins of E3 before it was so game focused. I mean, it was electronics, right? It was the original. So, yeah, a lot of people don't know that it originally yeah, started it out was as electronics. electronics so maybe it would go back to its roots. Maybe you'll see cell phones, mobile games, um, you know, computer parts or showcasing the power of the, 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 what is it? Graphics cards, or you know what I'm saying? Bring Unreal Engine into the fold. Have them showcasing their um, their yeah. new Unreal engines or whatever is going to be in the future. Um, I truly do believe that they're going to reach out more into the tech space with what they have going on. And at first, it's gonna—I believe—it's going to be a hard pill to swallow. I think a lot of people are going to have a hard time adjusting, but I think they'll be okay because there's a lot of tech heads out there. And once they get a, a wind of what E3 is trying to do, I think it'll kind of build back up in popularity. But as of right now, they definitely need to change the game because consoles, like you said um, in our previous episode when we talked about this, it's also cost efficient mm -hmm. because a lot of these people, they have to send staff out. They have to set up their booths. They have to send all their equipment pay for the space of their booth which what pay um, for hotels for the, the their staff yeah and that's and i think that was a not to cut you off or anything but that i think that mm -hmm. was a big turning point from the initial like research and stuff i was doing when we first talked about e3 was that you know i think the industry as a whole over the last you know 20 years has really changed significantly to the point where you know, back when we were growing up in E3, E3 was like the the Super Bowl of gaming. You know, that was where, you know, everybody premiered their new game. That was where all eyes were on. It was the big corporate event. You know, the, the Oscars, if you will, I guess is a better, a more apt comparison. Mm -hmm. um, you know, because this was before, you know, you would get a trailer back then. It would take it a while to, for it to appear on like YouTube or, or, or IGN or GameSpot. But now, you know, we have this almost instantaneous, almost continuous 24-7 news cycle now where games are being announced pretty much pretty much the whole calendar year. 
you know, but back in the day, it was really like the summertime was really like the preparation for the fall and then the winter games. And that was like really the big thing. And I think another thing that really kind of hindered, you know, in relation to the cost, I think another thing that hindered E3 was, you know, they're, they're, they, they really kind of pushed out indie developers, AA and indie developers didn't really have as much shine as they were used to having. You know, mm-hmm. that, that was the thing that, you know, I don't think people really understand how important the indie game in the, the part of that part of the industry is as a whole. You know, you, of course, we have our big AAA titles every year, Call of Duties, your, you know, I mean, now your Halos and Battlefields, you know, you, you have those big marquee titles. But in between those large releases, you need those double A and indie releases to support the industry. Because we as gamers have such a ravenous appetite to play stuff. Um, you know, every so often, you know, game, I mean, we're kind of doing it now. We, we kind of talked about it last episode, just bouncing around from different games now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I feel like, you know, they, they've really just tried to fight the wave for a long time. And now we're, you know, the ESA are starting to see the effects of that. And, you know, they, they kind of, I don't want to say they left a gaping hole in the summertime because, what made me laugh, like I, right after this announcement came out, uh, Jeff Keighley, who runs the Summer Game Fest and Video Game Awards, promoted uh, video games, <laughs> the video game Summerfest <laughs> for the summertime. And I thought that was pretty smart on his end, right. you know. Um, but yeah, you, you're right, man. I, I think that if it does come back, you know, and, and I've seen a lot of discussions about this, and I'll say this much. I think E3 has one to maybe two more chances to get it right before people really are just like, okay, we don't really need this anymore. You know, we don't need this part of the industry anymore. We're good. Um, I think they're going to do a rebrand, just like you said. Do I think they're going to change the name? I've even seen people talk about that. Do you think they're going to go go away from E3? Like, do you think that name, like the with the when it, when it comes to rebranding as a whole, if you know, let me let me ask you to put your your graphic designer hat on again, you know, dust that off. Would you, would you, if you were in charge of this, would you take the name of E3 and just change it to something completely different? Or would you just go with like graphics, new, you know, just like you said, integrating different parts of the industry? I would definitely say, um, with, with what I said earlier with them integrating, um, more tech into the show, I think a rebrand would establish kind of what they're trying to do because I mean this E3 has been around for a while. 20, so 20, to get a four, 25 years something like that has been a while. Yeah, yeah while. so for it to get a new uh, makeover and a fresh face um, it would definitely help help them with a rebrand and bringing in like new aspects to the show. So I would definitely say it's something that they should should consider. And I don't know, like, because people, it's a double-edged sword because people are kind of resistant to change. But at the same time, I think it will draw newer people in. Right. So I say, yeah, I think they should go for it. I think they should try a whole new rebrand. I wouldn't change the name per se, but maybe like, just the maybe the logo and the whole like design aspect of it maybe change because like e3 i mean 
the name is like the core. It, it, that's what it is. That's what that's what everybody knows, you know. Yeah, I agree with that. I wouldn't change the name personally. I, I wouldn't either. Yeah, I think it'll alienate because that'll like because the people who are already on the fence that would kind of put the nail in the coffin for them. I feel like if they just went and changed the name and like, oh, we're doing this whole new thing, blah blah blah. Like, change with them would have to come gradually and transparency wouldn't hurt in this case sure like if i was the 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 whoever the head honcho or the people in charge of three yeah i would probably just you know just be like hey man times are changing and we have to change with the time so this is a this is our plan for e3 next year this is what we're introducing you will see less of this because of whatever like we got to be real like everybody who's looking at this know they know what it is right right they, like people know that playstation is doing their own thing and stuff so you may not see too much at e3 or if e3 can make deals with like playstation uh nintendo and xbox if you can make a deal like hey y'all could do all your shows but can we get this exclusive like like a news reporter like can we right premiere this at e3 can we like god of war maybe god of war i'm just using this for example god of war gameplay right you have all this god of war news like yo can we please like let us get this exclusive first peek at god of war gameplay you know what i'm saying sure and then have that at e3 so you can still kind of appease and have that video game like aspect the thing that we've kind of grown to see and then you'll have your own thing like it, it it has to be some creative thinking with e3 when it comes to next year or it's gonna look bad like i think if they don't hit it next year with having a year off because that's always crazy right you get a year off so everyone is expecting something bigger now they're like, oh, well, you didn't have it last year, so what's your excuse? Because yeah. we're so unforgiving like that. You know what I'm saying? We're just like, oh, well, that wasn't there last year. So we expected, like, look at Halo. Prime example. You know, oh, we gave y'all a year. Like, what happened? Why is there no content? Blah, 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 whatever the case may be. So, I, I mean, we've discussed this a billion times. We, we grew If you are a gamer in... A certain age bracket e3 is just like your bread and butter i literally grew up to e3. it was it was the thing that we looked forward to every year you know i remember you know grabbing like a game informer magazine or or eb games you know a lot of y'all don't remember that mm -hmm. eb games magazine and just being ready like hearing about all the rumors and you know it definitely does make me sad man and i i feel like and I, and I want to propose a question to you because, I, yeah, we are getting, the, you know, the Summer Game Fest with Jeff Keighley. Mm -hmm. Do you, what do you think the big three are going to do, you know, now that their plans, I'm sure they probably caught wind of this before we did. But as far as like Xbox, Sony, and Nintendo goes, you know, what do you think they're going to do for those summer months? Because I think the summertime is always going to be a crucial time for, for the gaming industry in general. You know, especially like I said, you know, you're trying to get your fall lineup ready, trying to, you know, people love to spend money during the holidays. So they're going to want to keep that, you know, whatever, like May to August, you know, time for the big, big game announcements and stuff. Do you see them participating in the in Summer Games Fest? Or do you think they're going to do more of their own thing um, this year? Hmm. 
Man, Summer Games Fest is going to be a tough one. I think, I just think, period, the whole digital space is just changing. And things change so much and so rapidly, mm-hmm. it's hard to keep up. Like, and I don't blame them at all. Like, if the, you know, E3 or Summerfest, whatever, if it quote unquote doesn't hit these benchmarks, I'm not mad at it because things change so much i think what Summerfest will probably focus on is kind of weird to say this because it's Summerfest, right you think they'll be you know i know they're going to have maybe like some indie games and stuff like that that's actually probably going to be out during the summer but i think a lot of this is going to be promotion for fall like i think it's going to be a lot of you know summer exclusives there yeah 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 it's going to be because let's be honest like if you notice the patterns with games, especially like triple uh, A titles, you know, they tend to come out toward the end of the year because I mean, it's holiday season and the kids want games and you know, so I feel like around summer is like the time to start building up that hype. And we got to think about, you know, they got Summerfest, they'll probably be, we had a, like a lot of games pushed back. So I don't know what they can do with that. Like, I'm actually very intrigued now to watch it just to see what they talk about. Yeah. Because I, it's like, it's been a rough year. Like, really. If I remember right, I can't remember how long after. I want to say Summerfest was after E3 last year. I think it was like July, if I remember right. It, July. It was, I'm pretty sure it was July of last year. I have to go back and check. Yeah, it seemed like it was right after. The thing that I think they did well with Summer Games Fest was that they 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 realized that you know they they brought in content creators to 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 co-stream the show to you know they had some content creators hosting the show as well which I thought was a really smart idea on their end because you know they realized that once again we live in a streaming and 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 we live in a live streaming world. Everyone likes to to consume most of their TV and, and gaming that way. You know, the one thing I thought was a little heavy for me was all the commercials and and the, some of the, the the ad promotion was a little heavy handed. Um, I understand why it was like that. You know, you got to got to generate the dollar bills at the end of the day. You know, you got a business to run. Mister Keeley has a business to run. I get that, but I would love to see. A little bit more focus on the games themselves and the and the developers themselves. I, I think that to me personally, that's the more interesting part of the the industry to me, especially with so many potential games we have that could be coming out this year. You know, you're talking about your Starfields, your 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 God of War Ragnarok, and you know whatever else hasn't been announced yet, of course. Um, but I think the summertime is going to be a very interesting time for the industry because the ESA really just kind of opened up the floor to everyone to see what they're going to do. I mean, I just, I saw yesterday that, um, THQ, um, they announced their own showcase for uh, sometime in August, you know, they, and they, they have a lot of game developers under their umbrella, you know, being a big publisher that they are. So I think it's only a matter of time that we start to really see other developers and publishers like, Hey, you know, Hey, tune in for the, the Xbox, you know, Xbox, but that's the Xbox Game Studios first party showcase or, you know, the, the here, here's another PlayStation Direct or whatever they call it, you know, um, mm-hmm. I think we're going to start to 
get a lot of different shows and i'm not necessarily on board with that <laughs> honestly I, I i think it's getting a little it's getting a little much it's it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a little, a little much. out of control because it's like uh, it seemed like every other month like since the beginning of this year we didn't have some kind of oh ps2 i mean i said ps2 ps5 event oh every time something about to come out it seemed like they drop an event yeah, I don't know if I'm just tripping, but no, there's it seems like we've been getting a, a lot of these lately, and I'm like, okay, I, I get it, because the thing is, I think what these companies are dealing with now, and this is the stuff that they don't want to discuss on Reddit and Twitter and all the other think piece places where people give their half-baked ideas Every, or thoughts. Everyone's a, a game director. Mm -hmm. Everyone's an armchair director, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> last episode, you, know how, you see how I stuck that I in like there? But that, yeah, <laughs> um, people like to give out, toss out these, these crazy things. And like, what I like to try to do is dig deeper into the background because we have a podcast and um, realize that at the end of the day, there's money to be made, and I think they're trying to find like a balance on promotion, how to promote a product, um, trying to stick with the times, because you got to think everyone's on the computer, mm. so they're thinking, you know, hey, everyone sits on a computer, people love streamers, blah, 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 so what we're going to do is drop these Nintendo Directs, uh, PlayStation events, uh, Xbox events, because everyone's glued to their computer anyway. So let's try this and i get that they're trying but like i said it seems like lately it's been a little too much it's a lot but to keep I, up with for sure yeah i get the i get the efforts i get that you know you want to put your stuff out there but i think they just scale it back a little bit that's all just scale it back a little bit leave a little mystery it's okay to have a little mystery just a little. Yeah. Like, we don't need to know every little thing that you're doing. But I would agree with you on one thing. Um, I've started, since you mentioned this to me, I've started to kind of look things up. And I do like the um, access of looking at game developers, like these little mini docs. Oh, they're so great, and, man. And stuff like I that. I love like, it. I encourage you if you are a a if you call yourself a gamer or maybe you know you you don't you just love docs for whatever reason yeah to try to understand the industry if you want to understand the industry more and have even greater hot takes on Twitter I would suggest <laughs> that you know I I would suggest start looking up some of these docs and then you will get a a better understanding of what the devs go through what these studios go through and maybe you'll just be a little more maybe you'll stop sending death threats and dms i'll say it maybe you'll relax i was bit. getting there i had a build up but since <laughs> you jumped in <laughs> you gotta, stop being assholes yeah, maybe you'll stop, stop being, being assholes man. if you if really knew what it took to make a triple a title i mean i even think about you know i think about these things when i'm i'm adding halo on twitter i'm like I, I try to give them the benefit of the doubt like i tell them all the time look i know you guys can get better and i'm here for it i'm here for it when you get better i will return i'm not gonna lie right now i have to be honest with myself not really playing halo but i'm not gonna go on there and be like i'm not playing halo because you guys 
effed it up. You suck. Blah blah. blah. Like <laughs> developers no. are lazy. Me, me, yeah, me. developers. Yeah, after they didn't just crunch their, their freaking lives away yeah. and the kids at home crying. Who am I to call them lazy, right? So you know, I try to take that in consideration when I'm adding people on Twitter. Like, hey man, I know eventually you guys are gonna get it together. And if you don't, then I will honestly have to move on. Like, you don't have to be a d bag about it. So just go, what it is. Just go play something else, man. Be nice. But yeah, the the documentaries are definitely man, they, they, are- they're they're incredible. And there's one group who does some very they do some incredible ones. And I'm gonna look it up right now, so you guys are probably gonna hear me type. And I think they're called No No Clip. Sounds familiar. I, yes, uh, it's no clip. So these guys do they they well before the pandemic, obviously, they used to go around to different studios and interview developers. Um, very very good, like greatly produced. Like it's it's this stuff is really incredible, man. The stuff that they do. Um, and I and and I also like man, just check out the the God of War documentary. I think it's like God of something, God of Dad or something, <laughs> something like that, man. Uh. As you guys can raising Kratos, I'm sorry, that's what it is. God of War raising Kratos. It's like a two hour doc that was actually produced by PlayStation. Um, which is it, it just you know, like it, it, that stuff's just interesting, right? Like, just like DC was saying, you know, even more than just sharpening your hot take sword, you know, it, it gives you a really good look at the industry that you know we're all are passionate about, and I, I highly encourage it, man. But yeah, definitely sad to see E3 take a step back this year, man. I'm not sure what the long-term effects of this is going to be. Um, you know, we'll we'll definitely see what happens over the summertime, and I'm sure we'll start to get announcements. I mean, we're already, like, midway through April, so I can imagine either sometime in May, you know, either late April or sometime in May, we'll start to hear, you know, not just Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo's plans, but what everybody else is planning to do for the summer. Um so yeah, man, it's just interesting times we're living in. A lot of change going on right now, guys. Speaking Definitely. of change, we're gonna continue the Sony train. We're gonna continue rolling down the Sony, the Sony train, man. Um, we finally, 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 finally got the rumored. We got the the announcement of the rumored PlayStation Part Spartacus, which I honestly wish they would have kept that name. Um, subscription service. Um, they they basically smashed together PlayStation Now and PlayStation Plus. And I mean, it's called PlayStation Plus and there's three different tiers. You have PlayStation Plus Essential, where you get two free games and a bunch of other cool little perks, cloud storage for games, online multiplayer stuff, that's $10 a month. Then you got the PlayStation Plus Extra, which is $15 a month. You get the previous tier benefits and a catalog of up to 400 uh, PS4 and PS5 games which could be interesting. Uh, PS4, PS5, and third party, of course. And then you have the premium, PlayStation Plus Premium, which adds another 340 games on top of that. Um, Those are PS3 games via cloud streaming. I got a lot to say about that. And Hmm. a bunch of other catalogs of PS2, PSP generation games. Um, So we finally have our quote-unquote Game Pass competitor sitting right here in front of us, man. What are some of your initial thoughts, man? How did you kind of feel about this? Are you going to subscribe to any tiers of the PlayStation Plus? Uh-huh. And do you see it as a true competitor to Game Pass? 
Um, well, let me start here. First of all, you know, PlayStation Plus Premium, I can't help but to think P3. <laughs> like E3? P3? Okay, just me. All right. Oh, that Moving should be on. the name of the, t- the, uh, the episode. Pushing P? No, P- maybe no, not. E3 to P3. That should be the name of the episode. <gasps> <laughs> That's the name of the episode. <laughs> remember that, because I, I will forget. I, I have text the, the mind of hell. <laughs> Freaking, please text me that. That's oh, hilarious. man. Holy cow, that's funny. <laughs> oh, man. I was going to go with Bush and P or something. I had some clever. That is perfect. Anyway, <laughs> before we fly off the rails here, because oh, I goodness. feel it, the train is shaking. Yeah. We about to go. <laughs> sorry, sorry, okay. sorry, sorry. It just showed up on my phone. Now I'm laughing. All right. <laughs> Real it is. Real it is. All right, we back. We back. My initial thoughts. Um, I don't know what to feel about this because um, I do own a PlayStation 4 and I believe I don't have any of this. I don't know what I have on my PlayStation. I just freaking play uh, Ghost of Tsushima and some other games. I don't be online with my PlayStation 4 at all because all my friends are on Xbox. Right. That's not a jab, so don't attack me, PlayStation people. But yeah, so I was looking over the prices and stuff, and for the most part, I'm I'm okay with it. But see, that's just me because I'm I'm a casual PlayStation user, right? Mm-hmm. So I honestly feel like this really doesn't affect me. Would I get one if I played my PlayStation more? I would actually I'm just in a point in my life where even with my Xbox um, I'm not playing it as much I'm not playing games as much as I used to so and then I've been playing paying for my Xbox for so long I just forgot that I even pay it to be honest but right. would I add another subscription on probably not but that's just me but now let me speak from the let me try to speak for the person who does utilize their PlayStation more than I do um, this doesn't look that bad to me. It rounds out fairly with the 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 top because I'm looking at it on my screen here. The top, the PlayStation Plus Premium, is pretty much up there in price with the Xbox uh, Game Pass. With Game Pass but Ultimate, it's, yeah, it's like two dollars yeah, more expensive. Um, yeah, give or take, it's like two dollars. So they're about at the same level, but. It just seems like you're paying more just to have access to more games. And then roughly, what is it, about $5 a month if you break that down? Five, $6 a month. I think it's a good deal. You know, I'll be fair here. I, I don't think it's bad. I, You know, I forgot to watch the video where he was explaining why they wouldn't have, like, day one exclusives. I forgot to oh, watch that. I know you're going to touch on that. Yeah, I know you're going to touch on that. I appreciate that you do because... I forgot to watch that video. I had it on my YouTube queue, but forgot to watch it. But to answer your question, I think this is okay for what PlayStation is trying to do. I think if they could somehow, I think it needs a little bit more because what I'm hearing from people who play this or will utilize this is there's specific games that they're looking for. Mm-hmm. To come in these packages and I don't know if they're going to come or not 
And I think that was a, a lot of concern being voiced like across the internet and stuff. Like out of these 340 games, what games of quality are we getting? Cause you can get 340 games that no one's really looking for, you know, or because you gotta think PlayStation has a illustrious library of games. Like they have a lot of games. So what games would you be getting? And then with the whole cloud and, you know, I can save it to my hard drive or play it on, on the cloud, on the cloud service is big for a lot of people but then again you got to think you got to factor in what kind of internet provider people may have like everyone not have the you know big top tier uh what is it fiber net you yeah, know everyone won't have gigabit or like a, the, so are you expecting them to yeah are you expecting plan. them to pay for this if they don't i guess that's what the tier come in for because maybe you don't have the best internet, so maybe you'll get the second tier. Mm -hmm. Maybe you'll get the first tier. But, you know, I ain't gonna talk you to death. I, I think it's no, a good man. move. I think it's a good move moving forward, man. Because, I mean, you could adjust this, right? If people have complaints, they can always go back. They can improve on this. To me, this is like the base. And with PlayStation's popularity, you know, I think they'll be just fine. But like I said, this you can improve this. You can add more to it, you know what I'm saying? Maybe, but I think one thing that I, I just can't wait to hear you touch on it is what they're gonna do with all their 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 exclusive games. Like, how would this benefit in that arena? Oh, so I'm gonna let you take it away because I am very curious as to what you have to say about that. So for me, man, I will say I'm. The thing I'm most, I guess from a top-down level view of this, right? I don't think this service is for, or this service is really marketed for people who like yourself and honestly myself as well, because I play most of my games on PC. I don't think this service is marketed for people like us. I think this is PlayStation's attempt to monetize the ecosystem they already have and slowly expand it i mean because if you go back to what was it 2016 when game pass first started 2016 2017 when they first started game pass it was really hyper focused towards xbox users you know the xbox ecosystem you know they they started with dropping a lot of backwards compatible games on their games that you know people may not may or may not have had access to and I think this is kind of a similar case here. Um, I'm not, I'm personally not a fan of the three different tiers here because I, I feel like, especially when it comes to PlayStation three games, right? You know, mm -hmm. PlayStation three has, has notoriously for, I mean, since it came out has had a really weird architecture. That's why, you know, we never really got those backwards compatible games for PlayStation four, you know, they never really took the time to try to develop the tech to, to bring those games into that generation. And I think we're starting to kind of see that again. Um, I think it's a little bit messed up that they're not including any PlayStation three games in the middle tier. Um, that's probably, you know, if I were to invest in this, I would probably stick around that $15 a month, um, price point. Um, because for me, you know, I'm not sure how well, you know, and, and I know people don't want it to be compared to Game Pass, but you kind of have to because Game Pass was the first service of its kind in the industry. 
And, mm -hmm. you know, we're starting to see more people take this business model, you know, not only because Mind you, well, it was laughed at. Remember? It was. Yeah. yeah. It Sony, was laughed, Sony at. laughed at it. They laughed at it. They said, there's no way mm -hmm. you're going to make money doing this. Mm -hmm. But just throw that out there. You know, I think the industry as a, as a whole is really starting to change. You know, you look at you look at what Netflix did for the movie and TV industry. Um, and, you know, for better or for worse, everyone's subscribed. Everyone's subscribed to some sort of subscription at some point. You know, if you if you don't, I don't believe you. I At this point, in, you know, <laughs> in society, I don't believe that you don't have some sort of subscription service, you know, whether that be TV, film, games, something. And I feel like the, the games industry is at a point now where they really want to try to to emulate what Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus are doing right now. And, you know, maybe that's what Sony is looking at. And, you know, we're not getting the service until June. I forgot to mention that this isn't launched today. This is not launching until June. So we don't know what the library is going to look like, just like DC was saying, which is something that I'm more interested in, in finding out. Yes, rent is a subscription service, Jamel. <laughs> Jamel in the chat. Um, but I think that where this, this is really going to show to me, this is really showing where Sony and Microsoft's minds are when it comes to the future of games, you know, and, and to, to touch on like what you were saying, you know, with Jim Ryan talking about why they don't believe, you know, why they don't have, they won't have their first party games day and date like Xbox will. And I'm not saying that he's right or wrong. I think that once we start to see some of the big hitters roll out, and, you know, once Microsoft starts getting their Starfields out there, their Avowed, you know, the new Fable, once they start getting their first parties onto the Xbox Game Pass subscription service and, you know, Sony starts to release these $70 price points for these games, you know, we're going to really see where gamers are going to plant their flag. Honestly, I'm not really sure where it is. I feel like it's going to be more towards Game Pass because the value is going to be there. And... I think it's going to I think it's a mistake that they're not even considering it at this point, but I think they will eventually. I think Sony will eventually. Because his reasoning was essentially he doesn't feel like at this point their investment in doing that and putting, you know, their first party games day and date that they would see a return on the investment on the amount of money that they're spending developing games, which may be true. I mean I mean it's just not. Hmm. How I want to say this without sounding like a, a d bag. Um, <laughs> no man. I just don't d -bag think, it away, man. Say say what I you just feel. don't think Sony. I just don't think Sony really can afford to take that hit. Honestly. No, and that's what I was gonna get. And at. I think that's what he's pretty much trying to say in a real snazzy way. Sony pockets ain't deep like Microsoft. I'm, I'm just going to say it. And I know the pony's going to be in my mention. Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. But it's business. At the end of the day, it's business. And I'm not mad at him for making that decision because it's, if it's a financial thing and you can't really stretch your resources like that, then you, I mean, you can't, you just can't do it. So and honestly, would we love to see that. Yes. Like it would be dope as hell if all, you know, with PlayStation freaking exclusives that they have would be dope but here and, we are and honestly i think it's i think it's twofold it's 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 excuse me it's they don't want to they don't want to take the hit 
on one game maybe not meeting the metrics on there because the, mm -hmm. I mean this is a brand new subscription service for them so they're starting from ground zero just like Microsoft did Microsoft didn't start I mean let's be honest I I, I don't think that even if <laughs> even if we had first party games in Xbox One generation they wouldn't have dropped them day and date on there in the beginning I don't think so Oh no, that is true. I don't think they so. didn't start off doing that. They didn't start off doing that because we didn't have any games. So there's no sample size to 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 prove to Sony that it would work. But I just looked up the sales for Horizon Forbidden West and they've sold 20 million copies of that game so far. You know, you do 20 million times $70, Sony's looking like, "Well, shoot. Y'all are still buying the game, so why would we why would we put it on the service when we could potentially make these sales?" That, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, because, you know, we've talked about it before. Let's be honest. You know, their first party uh, and, their, and their studios are just like they crank out incredible games. Most of them are incredibly well made. You know, they review well and they're fun to play. You know, you know, you look at look at Last of Us 2, uh, Ghost of Tsushima, like you just mentioned, uh, Ratchet and Clank last summer. That was one of my favorite games from last year. Um and Spider-Man Miles Morales, I played that as well. I love that too. Like they, they don't feel the need or pressure to to put their first parties on the service. Unlike Microsoft, who are in a much different position, where you know they were trying to bring in as many people as possible at this point. You know they they laid their foundation, they laid the groundwork by doing the, they they did a great job with backwards compatibility over the last couple of years. And now they're looking to expand the service with current games that they're developing. And, you know, hopefully, hopefully Starfield, you know, I'm, I'm holding strong. I think it's going to release this year. DC doesn't, you know, that's neither here nor there, but when February it, when it does, you know, when it, when it eventually does hit, I'm curious. I mean, I think that horizon, I mean, horizon Forza is a good, uh, Forza horizon is a good sample size of that because I think that game had like 10 million people playing it the first month it released. And the sales, I think, were actually pretty good on it too. Like people were actually buying the game because of Game Pass. So I think there's a lot of data to, to look at. And I think just like you said, Sony's just really playing it safe at this point. Um, some of the things that kind of worry me are is the game streaming because you know the, the the first thing I thought of when I heard that was well, they gotta they gotta compete with XCloud. You know, XCloud, mm. you can play it on your phone. I don't know if you can play PlayStation games on your phone. I know you can stream them to your PC, but I don't know how well it works. I haven't really heard anyone talking about it. It was kind of hard to find any information on it, so I don't really know what, what well, you know. They did you know, have a streaming company. Yeah, they they purchased um, that streaming company, that Japanese streaming company, a couple of years ago. But you know, do they I, still have that? Yeah, yeah, they still own. Okay. I think it's called Gaikai. Um, I believe they still own it. But you know, how are they going to bring it to the masses? You know. You know, we, we saw that Microsoft went to a, went to war with Apple last year over an xCloud app, and they found a workaround with that. You know, are, are Sony, are they going to be willing to do the same thing? You know, there already are peripherals for your phone that you can put on your phone, like the backbone, to play Xbox games or play xCloud games um, or mobile games. But, you know, these are, these are the things I think I'm going to be curious to see how they're going to try to tackle over time. You know, we're not going to get there, you know, day one. But, you know, I don't think this service is for the people who aren't already invested in their ecosystem. 
I think this is for those, just like you said, those those hardcore, those diehard PlayStation fans. You know, and I'm the thing I'm most disappointed about is the PlayStation Three games. I think that is a big mistake on their part because people have been asking for PS3 backwards compatibility for years since the PlayStation Four launch, and Sony mm. has not done a great job with backwards compatibility as we've seen over the years. And I think mm. it's a little bit shady that they're adding like PSP games on here when they were when they were going to shut down the PSP and PS Vita store. It's because they were going to do this. Because all they could charge right. you a monthly fee, right. <laughs> you know they they wanted to charge you a monthly fee for these games that people already had access to, you know, because their claim was, oh well, nobody's really you guys aren't really checking for them, so we'll just close this door here and we'll build another one over here for you to walk through. But you got to pay for this one. You got to pay a toll to get in this door. I don't know. <laughs> I just think well, it's it's better than GTA Plus or whatever. Oh man, I think you know, and that, and and I guess that to me. You know, because I, I kind of wanted to touch on like the industry as a whole, right? Because I think this is going to affect every part of the game industry in the next five to 10 years. You know, you, and I want you to think about this, right? I want everybody to kind of think about this because this is where my brain goes when I look up stuff like this. It's just where my head goes. You know, you look at Netflix, right? How big they are, how successful Netflix is. How often do they cancel shows after one season for something I, uh, performing well by their metrics often how many shows <laughs> how many shows have you read about seen that you liked and you find out it's getting canceled after one or two seasons very often so i foresee you know what if we get to a point where you know games are are, are made and they they live and die on these services it's like okay well you know we release the next we released the next, I don't know, third party Ubisoft Assassin's Creed, but it didn't, the metrics say that this game wasn't downloaded this many times. It wasn't, you know, people didn't click on it in the service this many times. So why would we make a sequel if we know that it's not going to sell, if we know that people aren't going to play it on the service? I think we're going to start to see that. And I think that's going to start to affect the development of video games as a whole. And maybe that's why Sony is like looking at it like that. Like we don't want to, because he mentioned something about messing up the virtuous cycle. Um, he, right. Of course, he didn't elaborate on that, but I think he means, you know, if we start playing privy to having all of our games on this service and they don't perform well, well, why would we make a sequel? Why would we make DLC? Why would we continue to support the game over time? And that's why I said, whatever happens, <laughs> once we get to the point where we have first-party games launching, for Game Pass and first-party games launching on Sony, on you know, for PlayStation, gamers are gonna choose which direction the industry goes in. I kind of look at this like the HD DVD versus the Blu-ray debate. That changed everything forever. Now look at the everybody's using Blu-ray, right? A lot of people don't remember that HD uh, DVD attachment. That was it like a hundred and fifty bucks or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> oh man, to me, a PlayStation Two. Yeah. PlayStation 2 holds a special spot in my heart, bro. That's one of my favorite consoles, bro. And, you know, that's that's just like, that. that's the kind of stuff I think about. I also think about, um, to, to, to make a long rant short, or to end a very long rant at this point, you know, you, you look at third-party exclusives. You know, I think that that's going to heat up even more because Microsoft has done a great job of filling the void of not having first-party games by bringing on third-party 
exclusives, you know, Back for Blood. Um, I don't want to say, I wasn't going to say Anthem. What was it? Out, Outriders? Outriders launched on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Avengers was on there. Um, and they just put Guardians of the Galaxy on there. And, that, and apparently, I just, re- you know, read an article that they, that uh, the studio that developed it, that developed Guardians said that it's starting to find an audience now. And so, you know, they're going to look at that. All these studios are going to start looking at that stuff. You know, they're like, hey, well, you know, our game may not Maybe launch we well. Game Pass. Yeah, we can just toss it on Game Pass for a nominal fee. You know, it's and I'm curious how the pricing model works. I, I really want to know how all this like comes down Me to price. Too. That's what Me I want to know. I want to like if your game is on Game Pass, like I always wonder, like, how do they make money off? that? that yeah, that's what I want to know. I, I need to know because let's 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 do some quick math for you guys here, right? Let's I think the last reported number of Game Pass subscribers in January was twenty five million people, right? Let's pretend mm-hmm. nobody's even subscribing to Game Pass Ultimate at fifteen dollars a month. Let's just say everybody's doing the base level, ten dollars a month, right? Twenty five million people. That's two hundred and fifty million dollars. You take that over to the next month, that's $500 million right there. That's a lot of money. So think about that within a year span. Within a year. Not including people going to... So the base is $250 million a month. A month. Just not even including Game Pass Ultimate, not including the cut that Microsoft gets for people purchasing games on the Xbox store because there is a cost to that. So, <laughs> you know, of course, Sony looked at that and like, man, shit, we gotta, <laughs> we, we gotta get in on this, right? So, that's just, you know, I think this is is a, a big deal, and 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 even Nintendo has their own, I don't even want to call it like Game Pass, but they have like a subscription service to where you can play old school Nintendo games, and it's actually really awesome. Um, you know, me and the wife were playing uh, old Donkey Kong and, and old Mario the other night, and it's actually really cool. But were you I... standing real close to a TV? <laughs> you saw that picture? I had to concentrate, man. Them games are hard, bro. Well, and oh. see, to be fair, before I clown you, <laughs> to be fair, when you play those old school games on a mo- it's not the move. No, you have to play them on a small TV. Those like playing them on a big so screen. fucking hard, man. That pixelation, <laughs> bro. Your, your eyes are burning. No, nah, it yeah. wasn't. I didn't stand up because I couldn't see. I stood up because I was dying. We, we I'll say this much. We started out to it's a little side story. We started off with thirty-five lives in Super Mario Three. We were down, I think, by that point to five, and it was my fault. Okay, we were dying. I was dying left there. You know, Mario got he got ice on the bottom of his shoes or something. Like it just, <laughs> just slipping and sliding all over the board. But yeah, man, I think this is going to, I think in the next couple of years, we'll really start to see how the industry kind of reacts and pivots to this. You know, I still think Sony is dependent upon hardware sales. They want their PlayStations to sell. You know, we've talked about how Microsoft doesn't give a about Xbox actually selling hardware. They, they're, they want you in on the service. Because eventually there's gonna be a PlayStation app on your Sony T on your on your Samsung. Hold on. And there's gonna be Wait, wait, wait. wait. Hold on. Don't mean to cut you off, but no, I'm gonna circle back. So basically they make three point nine billion a year. That's the bottom tier. That's, <laughs> That's the just bottom off the ten. Tier. Just off ten dollars. Three point nine billion a year. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. But 
Yeah, I just had to throw that out there because I was up here while you was talking. I was just doing the math. You was doing the math. <laughs> I was like, this can't be right. I'm looking at my phone like, damn. Yeah, just off of the service. So I think Microsoft is in a position to where they don't have to necessarily worry about making that money back on game. Like, let's imagine that. Let's say Halo, right? Halo Infinite cost them $400 million to develop. They get that back in two months off of Game Pass. They'll get it back plus more. Like plus a hundred. Like that's it, it's ridiculous, you know? And Sony sees that. And I bet you we're gonna get Destiny on. We're gonna get Destiny eventually on there. It's gonna be a part of the service because they own Bungie now. So mm-hmm. you think about that too. You know, it's 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 coming. Like that stuff is coming. Third party exclusives, like we're about to get people are about to get money hunted. Content wars as DC, you know, coined the term a couple of a couple of months ago. It's about to be a real content war in the game industry. Just like it think was. Think about this. The end the end of this system cycle is gonna look nasty for Xbox. It is. When those studios start churning out the games, mm-hmm. and plus what they already have, people like don't understand like it's gonna be really, really wild at the end of this gaming cycle or console cycle. Yeah. Like, what is it about 10? They give each console maybe about 10 years. I think these consoles are going to be a little longer. I think we're going to have 10. these for like 12 to 13 years. Because mm-hmm. I, I believe you, so too. We'll, we'll get to a point where they do like a series, you know, how they did the Xbox One X and PS4 Pro. Pro. Yeah. yeah. Before we see like true next gen hardware, we're going to be in the 2030s. You guys might want to get comfortable. You know, we're going to have. And it's going to be once these studios get to churning. Once they get it scheduled and because mm-hmm. they have so much going on and you got to think about it. So if we're giving these games, if a game console, we're predicting 13 years before we get whatever the next console will be or whatever, on average, it takes maybe four to six years to even make a triple A title. That fully so, utilizes, yeah, that fully utilizes that hardware. Yeah. Oh yeah. So just start taking all these numbers into account. And think about the games like God of War, like, okay, Ragnarok or drop whenever, right? And we may not see the next God of War till the ass end of this console cycle or maybe even next. Yeah. So you got to start putting these numbers. Mm -hmm. You got to start thinking about these numbers because it's like it's getting harder. Well, I wouldn't say harder, but, you know, it's more time consuming to create these games. So... It, it is. No, I'm just saying, it I'm is. not saying like it's a bad thing though. I'm just saying yeah. when we start looking at numbers, like it's interesting. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. No, no, no. Yeah. But it's just yeah. like, it definitely you know is I mean? getting harder. You're right about that. And I think, I mean, cause I mean, a lot of you guys probably won't know, but, or if you do, you know, sorry to insult our audience, but you know, Unreal Engine 5 just launched this week. I actually downloaded it. I haven't had a chance to really play with it like I want to, but I think that's doing a lot of revolutionary things with technology. Um, you know, cause they're using unreal engine for broadcasting and movies, um, you know, commercials, it's more than just a game engine now. And I think as technology continues to evolve those, those old constraints of things like poly counts and, and, and frame rates are going to start to really just kind of be a thing of the past. Like we're getting to the point where we're really about to start living in that sci-fi future that ready player one. You know, we're probably about 15, 20 years away from somebody breaking that barrier, you know, and it's exciting. Like, it really is exciting. Um, 
And of course, Sony and Microsoft are going to buy more studios. Like I, I fully believe that's going to consolidation in the industry is going to continue to happen. You're going to continue to see other smaller studios pop up in the place of the ones that were getting that are getting consolidated. Uh, the industry is just such an interesting place, man. And you know, I I guess that is to say, you know, I hope this service does well. I think more choices are always good. Um, I hope they mix in some PS3 games for people who've really been waiting for those in that middle tier, though, because I think Sony's going to see the most value. Or if you're, if you know, not to tell people how to spend their money or anything, but you know, I would subscribe probably to the middle tier. Um, I don't really see myself paying eighteen dollars a month for a service that just launches. Um, just it just really depends on the lineup of games, and they got to come strong, man, because. Xbox ain't losing no steam on Game Pass and Nintendo are going Nintendo forever. So <laughs> they gonna they gonna they gonna be here, you know, they're gonna Nintendo forever. But yeah, man, that that's uh that's all I got, man. Sorry, I just kinda I went on for a long time there. I'm sorry. No, that, man, man, sometimes you know like you know, you gotta you gotta let Steph Curry shoot, man. You can't even stop the <laughs> shot, bro. You gotta let it go. You're I ain't so gonna stop stupid. you, brother. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you flow. Like I'm gonna let you go. So you're so damn dumb, man. <laughs> yeah, you gotta let him take the shot, man. You know, speaking of shots, you know, we 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 we, we really trying to get you know some people from Halo to come on. Oh man, <laughs> oh that would be so cool if you guys want to come on, please. If you're listening, you know I, I shot y'all a few DMs. You know what I'm saying? I use my um Grammarly. You know my Grammarly <laughs> app. I came real correct. You know. <laughs> I made sure the spell check heard. Man. Right, no salaciousness. You know, we just want to talk <laughs> Halo. Not about your personal life. Nothing. We just yeah. want to strictly talk Halo. How you got into the series? I I would love to know. That would be but, awesome. And, you know, oh, awesome. I called the black guy a tool. I apologize. It was from love, brother. It he was... meant the character, not you as the, a the person. The character, not the yeah. real guy. You, you, he, he meant the character. He's come a... on and explain yourself. You can come on, <laughs> on the show and explain, explain why you're acting like that. Like, Oh, man. Oh, that's funny, man. You know. Uh, well, you know, fingers crossed. Maybe I'll hear something back. Maybe not. But, hey, it's all about shooting shots right that would be awesome hopefully so man if you guys are listening we love you guys and we love what you guys are doing like i said i'm i'm just glad to have a halo tv show to talk about you know i know some people have been very ugly and mean on the internet um there's a way to talk about things without being a jerk so on that man, note <laughs> people on the internet only got one speed yeah that's true just that is true speed. no no they no don't debate there yeah, you could you could dislike something and not be a deep about it, you know. Absolutely, man. But all right, I think that's a good uh good nightcap there. I just realized I didn't tweet about the podcast. That's perfect. Thank you guys for hanging out, man. <laughs> for episode one hundred and six of the Super Weapon Podcast, um, this was an awesome, awesome, awesome episode, man. Uh, definitely love talking about this stuff, like the 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 big picture stuff, man. It, I love it. Like it's just exciting to me. We're we're gonna we're gonna definitely cover the you know PlayStation Plus. I'm gonna call it Spartacus. We're just, we're gonna cover Spartacus when it launches in June. I'm gonna keep saying Spartacus. They can't stop me um, unless they send a cease and desist. But I'm excited <laughs> to see what happens with that. Um, see what happens with E3 and you know what whatever fills the void of E3. You know, I'm, I'm summertime. I think is gonna be a really interesting time for the game industry. I do. I think we'll have a lot to talk about, man. This this dead period ain't gonna last forever. But um, yeah, man, that's gonna be it for us, man. 
you guys can find me everywhere there's the artist where the e is a three and please make sure you guys check out everything rare drop sports related we actually just announced yesterday i just saw this morning our partnership with the sfl the simulation football league very very excited about that man if you guys have not heard about sfl please check them out they're doing great things over there man you can own your own player and participate in a football league the community is huge passionate guys um we're gonna start uh hosting some of their games on the rare drop sports twi uh, twitch page um at the end of april court you know closer to the end of april the postseason is going to be there we got some more announcements coming up i'm telling y'all you guys need to check out red drop sports we got a lot of stuff coming in the pipe line dc take us home baby well my brother my brother what else do i have to say today absolutely nothing all right we're about to are we pexing what are we doing oh All yeah right, oh yeah oh yeah oh uh, we putting in some reps on the pecs um i always do be having something to say maybe i need to write it down because i always forget uh, you but, might um, need to put it at the end of your notes man or something your pod notes ah uh, yeah i be forgetting man but today was an awesome episode man we this is the bread and butter that we 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 love talking about things behind the games like the games are cool you know don't get me wrong but we love talking about the inside industry stuff because one day i'm going to be there with that microphone on the red carpet it's going to be me you know what I'm saying? i like hey, that hey you would actually make a really good host man you might need to look yeah. in the never mind we'll talk about that later we'll talk about that yeah. later and i actually kind of like being in front of the camera you know what i mean if the audio version i'm giving a very pretentious wink at the camera <laughs> but yeah man let's just jump into it everyone have a good hope all is well with you guys you know and we appreciate jamel in the chat baby yeah shout out jamel to jamel big ants gaming thank you guys for stopping by check out the regular season big ants is a host of the regular season it's a like rare drop sports football centric show podcast and shout out to rare drop and they are doing a i'm telling you guys not going to want to miss it it's actually gonna be really cool we're doing a a uh nfl draft special for the nfl draft on april 28th uh live on twitch april 28th yep that is the day of the draft gotta mark that down and so, we we will promote that and keep pumping that up because it's fun the more people we have the funner it is so don't be shy you know i don't know what the heck i'm doing i've been over there and people are very welcoming and yes friendly to newcomers so you know we're gonna pump that up baby rare oh, drop pump, what's pump up? up all right guys that's gonna be the audio version man thank you guys for hanging out man we will see you guys next week later Bye bye